The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to Truth Transforms. Join in for spiritually enlightening discussion and the practical application of new thought principles. Here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Reverend Galen McDowell, and I am the executive minister, senior assistant minister, and the director of the Johnny Coleman Institute at Christ Universal Temple. I'm in the midst of a series, and I know I've been away for a little while trying to take care of some stuff so thank you all for waiting we'll try to get more of these on and turned around faster you know in the midst of ministry work sometimes i have to prioritize some different things but you always know that you are a high priority and that's why i'm going to seek to bulk up some episodes in a row so maybe a few of these can drop and can get you to where you need to be so until I can get back on my regular rotation, which should be very, very soon. Uh, so anyway, I'm in the midst of th- still teaching the book, The Dynamic Laws of Healing by Catherine Ponder. I like this book because I think it's a simple and basic book that talks about the spiritual healing principles espoused by the New Thought Movement. And I think it can be very beneficial to you. If you haven't bought the book already, I strongly suggest because I know we have people who listen to it. And I'm not saying that anything is wrong with you listening to it without having the book. But I want you to have the maximum experience. And I also want you to be able to develop this healing consciousness, not just for yourself. But so you can be a stand for other people as they go through things. Because when you know how to touch the presence of God within you, it's a lot easier to help someone else as they're going through a healing journey because you know how to get in contact with the Christ in you, the Christ in you, the God presence in you, the divine spark in you can behold the Christ wholeness, the God wholeness, the divine wholeness in someone else. So the more you're in tune with the spiritual you, the better you can help other people. Now, Today, I'm teaching the chapter, The Imaging Law of Healing. And this chapter is strictly about the power of the imagination, the imaging faculty, and its role in the healing process, in the spiritual healing process. Now, I'm just going to jump right to bottom of page 165, because it's a lot of stuff. And again, as I tell you before, I'm not going to read every page. But these bo- this book specifically has a lot of great stories, a lot of testimonies, and I think it would be beneficial to you to see how other people have used these principles to get the breakthroughs that they desire. Therefore, order the book, The Dynamic Laws of Healing by Catherine Ponder. Do yourself the favor. I know you can say, well, you know, I don't want to spend that money right now, whatever. Invest in yourself. Don't make the excuse. 
this is, you know, this is a, you know, one book is maybe might be one trip to a fast food place. It might, I know it doesn't cost as much as jeans and shoes and et cetera, et cetera. Get the book, get the book, get the book, get the book. All right. Bottom of page 165. The imaging faculty of the mind is one of man's most important for his health, wealth, and happiness. Yet it has often been misunderstood and belittled. Because of ignorance of its fantastic power, most of us have been victims of our imagination. So let me just stop here. First of all, we tell people, oh, that's just in his imagination without realizing that's where everything begins as an image in your mind. So you get the desire, you know, the divine impulse from God. Now you have to form and shape that into something. So often when, when spirit, God, Holy Spirit, Christ, whatever term you want to use, gives you the mission, the purpose, or the higher goal, it will come as an image. And when you want to accomplish something new in your life, it will come as an image. So don't belittle imagery in your mind. It is the genesis of of what it is that you're seeking to do. All right. And then she gives examples of people in, you know, Harvard Medical School talking about the power of imagination. One she also noted how one noted medical specialist was so caught up in his imagination with a specific illness that he was actually demonstrating uh, the symptoms of it, even though he didn't have it. So at the bottom of the page 166, she wrote, few of us realize the almost superhuman power that imagination has upon the body. Now, let me just stop here for a second. To use a really great example, I think all of you all would understand. There are people who have phobias. Like, for instance, some people are scared of spiders. I think that's arachnophobia or snakes and et cetera. So their imagination creates a whole other thing that's happening that's not happening. You know, I have a a loved one who is claustrophobic. So, you know, the elevators and things like that, tight spaces, causes a particular kind of a reaction. Now, are the walls really closing in? No. Is the elevator really stopping? No. Is is that rope really a snake or that extension cord really a snake? No. But the imagination connected to those beliefs, those fears, can create such intensity that their bodies start to change. Blood pressure rises, heart starts beating, nerves are doing what they do. You know, you might have adrenaline dumps. You could have, uh, you know, people sweating. Uh, You can have, you know, lung capacity producing more for something that is only happening in their imagination. Now, if the imagination can do that for a phobia, what can it do f- to help you heal? If a person seeing an extension cord can cause their heart and lungs to perform differently, for the adrenal glands to dump, for the fight or flight, for the nervous system to be heightened, for the pupils to heighten, for the body to start sweating, what can it do for healing? 
I just want you just to be present to that. What can it do for healing? To image energy moving up and down your body, to image the cells, etc. You know, some of these things I teach when I'm doing visualization, meditation courses and seminars, where I just have people just imagining, breathing and imagining energy. Why? Because if it can work that way for phobias, it can work that way for your healing. Can you think yourself back into health? Quite possibly. Is it possible? Yes. I'm not, I don't know your individual experience, but I do know that it's possible. Because it's based upon the fact that the imagination has a very direct connection to what the body produces. What makes us afraid? What makes us excited? What gets us aroused? What turns us off? All of those things are just imagination. And the meaning we give to the images we see, everything is consciousness when it's all said and done. Imagery. And, you know, I can remember when I was a little boy, my, bro my older brother, Sean, and my very next younger brother, Marlo, we would, um, my dad lived in a high rise. And, you know, my parents were divorced very early. I don't remember them being together. But the we he lived in a high-rise off of the lake, off of Lakeshore Drive. Or he lived on Lakeshore Drive in a high-rise. And we would look down at the cars going, driving past, and we would play a game called That's My Car. We would say, oh, that's my car. Oh, that's my car, et cetera. And, you know, and, uh, you know, and Dad would take us to the Chicago Auto Show every year. And we were running to the cars. We were getting the steering wheels. That's my car. That's my car. Because we were using our imagination. Now, you know, one of my brothers, that became a thing for him to where, you know, he's still doing the that's my car because he loves vehicles at a high level. And it's a very important thing for him because in his imagination, the younger one, he would always wanted particular cars. I can remember specifically wanting a specific car and would just praying about it, just holding that image. And I can remember at the time, I, uh, my father was actually working in as a, as a manager in a, uh, at an auto store. And a, and a car came in, the exact car, perfect color. Everything was perfect. It, it was used, but it was basically not driven at all. It like, had almost no miles on it. And he called me and said, get over here, bring your checkbook. I'm not going to be able to hold this car long. I literally left work, with, got my checkbook, drove directly to my father's store, uh, auto store, whatever it's called, auto mall or whatever, and bought that car that day because I wanted it. But I wanted, to, I wanted it to come to me in the right way and in divine order. And just for the record, it was a Jaguar S-Class. I at, when I was I just wanted it, I just wanted it, so I was holding it in my mind as an image. And then it came to me; it fell in my lap at a price you wouldn't imagine. I was like, "Go ahead, God. That's how that works. That's how that works." Now, getting back to the healing, if all of these things can happen with the imagination on a negative end with the phobias, yet again, what can happen? For you to improve your health. Let me get back to the book. I want to jump down to it. 
he gives an example on page 167 about the placebo effect, about a doctor who was uh, on a fishing trip and someone got hurt and he didn't have any medicine. So he took some powders and some other stuff that was with him, some flour and whatever, and gave it to people and told them, give them this, this and this at this particular time until they can get medical help. And because they knew he was a doctor and they knew that he was giving them something, it actually worked until they can get to an actual, uh, to get to the medical care that they actually needed. Because the mind believed it worked. It worked. Gives another example about a person <clears throat> that was having some issues with their health. And, and the person says, keep this tablet in your mouth, but do not swallow it so they can feel better. And um, it wasn't a pill or anything. All right. Uh, you know, and that's that's what was funny. Uh, it ended up being like a button or something. I've heard that story a different way where it was actually just a tip eraser of a pencil. But we do know with the placebo effect, which I did a, a whole show on last year or the year before with uh, the Reverend Liza Swartonowski about the placebo effects specifically because she's a medical doctor and surgeon. I did a whole show just about that placebo effect. They have the studies that the, that the medical, uh, the medicine that we take when we go to the doctor or in the hospitals, or whatever, what they need to do to beat the placebo. A lot of reasons why we don't see some medicines ever actually get into the stores is because they can't beat the placebo effect. It's a real thing. What you think about matters. What you feel about, what you feel about a thing matters. What you believe in matters. Because that controls the imagery you see in your mind. So he wrote, she wrote on page 168. Why is the picture faculty of the mind so powerful that it can tear down or build up your health? Because the imagination is the faculty of the mind which pictures and form. The imagination is the altar of size, weight, form, color. Everything that is visible was first an invisible mental picture and was brought forth as a tangible result by the picturing power of the mind. It's the, it's the faculty that you have given to you by God that pictures and form. It decides how things show up, size, weight, color, form. It's the pattern. Johnny Coleman used to say the substance of God is like the great big piece of cookie dough and your mind is like a cookie cutter. And you put the image into the substance or the divine potential, the divine possibility, and you form and shape the divine substance, the divine potentiality of God into definite things through your imagination. She would also say that the imagination is the scissor or the scissors for the mind. Moving on. Catherine Ponder also wrote, it's well known that the artist sees in his mind every picture he puts on canvas. In like manner, man accumulates a mass of ideas with his imagination, molds them into, def into definite results. I don't like the way that sentence is written, but and, and with his imagination. Okay, let me reread that. In like manner, man accumulates a mass of ideas and with his imagination molds them into definite results. I just read it wrong. Read it too fast. So you have this mass of divine potentialities and possibilities. And your imagination molds it into something. 
It is through the imagination that the formless takes form. What are you seeing? What are you seeing? You need to be clear about that. What are you seeing? All right. Then she wrote, how? How does this happen? When your imagination flashes, it's mental pictures into the cells that make up the organs of your body. The brain centers and those cells respond. Out of the substance found within them, they make forms that correspond to the pictures flashed, uh, to the pictures flashed them by the imagination. Let me simplify that. What that is saying is this. Every cell in your body is intelligent. When you start to hold particular images in your mind of the wholeness of God, the strength of God, the life of God, that is impressed or, or the, and when I say impressed, I mean that is communicated to the cells, excuse me, in your body. That's what she's saying. You're literally through your imagination communicating the pattern of divine health and wholeness to the cells of your body. That's how powerful you are. Right. Then she wrote, page 169, to picture health is one of the most scientific ways of producing it in the body. To picture health is also one of the quickest roads to healing. So I just want you to think about it. I need to picture my own health. I need to see my own health. I need to see my own health because if I can see it first, then I can be inspired to be it. Then I can do it and have it. But can I see it? Can I see it? She wrote, one must first image or conceive it. The image makes the condition. Without the image, there can be no condition. People want the demonstration before the image. And it doesn't work that way. It just doesn't. And she talks about, you know, a particular doctor who would impress upon use of affirmation. Uh, you know, Emily, I think this is Kue, Ku, Kue, et cetera. But anyway, he was a, uh, you know, he traveled around Europe doing mental healing processes. Uh, I know a lot about him through study. I'm just not pronouncing his name per properly, pro probably. So he was talking about telling people nobody ought to be sick. And then he would give people an affirmation to work with every day. And it reads, every day in every way, I'm getting better and better. Just take that on. Just, you know, seven days, 21 days, 30 days, 40 days. Every day in every way, I'm getting better and better. Well, how's things going? Every day and every way, I'm getting better and better. How's that situation with your health? Every day and every way, I'm getting better and better. What's going on with your money? Every day and every way, I'm getting better and better. How's the family? And every day and every way, I'm getting better and better. Shifting the consciousness. Remember, as scripture says, let the weak say, I am strong. So it might not, this might not be your factual experience, but we're saying that part of this, and you know what 
I've been teaching in this chapter, especially when we were doing the uh, the healing, uh, some of the other healing laws that required you to speak the word, like the yes law of healing and the law of praise, where you're using the power of affirmation to actually do the work. I want you to just stay in that space, calling those things that be not as though they were. All right. So then she wrote, this is when it happened. The Frenchman taught that the subconscious mind, which controls the body, was most quickly impressed by mental pictures. By changing those mental pictures, one could quickly change the subconscious and consequently the body which houses it. He proved that the imagination is much a much stronger force than will. That the imagine that when the imagination and will are in conflict, the imagination can always triumph. We know this from the phobias. A person can have willpower and logic, and then when they see the cord that they think is a snake, they reply that way. If they're afraid of the spider, the little bitty spider that couldn't do anything to them, their imagination will have them climbing on top of tables and dressers to get away from a spider. They know logically it doesn't make sense, but the imagination is taken over to a certain extent to where they lose control of their rationale. Well, is it possible that the imagination can be led to take over your health and well-being? All right. Let's take a quick break because I want to make sure that we stay in timeline here. So um, we're going to take a quick break here. I do want to remind you yet again that this show has a Facebook page. It's the easiest and quickest way to get in contact with me. Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Uh, that's a great place to send me questions or comment or reach out to me or let me know, hey, I appreciate what you're doing. I love when people comment and give me messages of, hey, I've been working this. I've been listening. I've been listening for this long. This is what I did with it. I absolutely love those. So if you've been thinking, man, I should reach out and let him know how this has been has benefited me, do it. I want to hear from you. I'm also on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. I don't go on Twitter or X now that often like I used to. Uh, but I do want you just to be present, present, present to this show has a Facebook page. And I want you to make sure that you communicate with me. Let me know you're out there. Let me know how you're using the material that I'm presenting on this podcast. I would greatly appreciate it. I'm asking for that. All right. So with that, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with Truth Transform. Back to Truth Transform, still teaching the dynamic laws of healing. I'm in the chapter of the imaging law of healing. So let's get past it's a on here. It says a woman past 70 heals herself. Um, she wrote, 
There's an incredible healing power in the simple formula. Through deliberate, constructive use of your imagination, you can produce wonderful changes in the body. And she started talking about a lady who uh, discovered new thought and started to work on her health. All right. Had been suffering from nagging medical issues. So she wrote a couple of things. She says, in order to conceive, now notice that, conceive, give birth to, in order to, in order to conceive health mentally, she did a number of things. Number one, these are great. She immediately stopped talking about her aches and pains. I can't emphasize that enough. The people who need to know, yes, okay, I'm not telling you to walk around suffering. Uh, the doctors, your close loved ones, et cetera. But you have to figure out how you can get shift your attention from what you're dealing with to where you want to go. So she immediately stopped talking about her aches and pains. Then what? She began to read various books on healing. But we have more than books now. We have, you know, videos and audios all over YouTube. You have this podcast, my almost 500 episodes, other people that are doing stuff. By the way, the Christ Universal Temple YouTube page, which is CU Temple, CU and the Word Temple together. You can watch all of these sermons and worship services and seminars we produce and put on YouTube for free. Christ Universal Temple Facebook page, which has uh, lessons Monday through Friday from different presenters teaching the daily inspiration for better living, periodical daily lesson. You know, you know, it's so much stuff that you can use now to support yourself. If you put your attention on it, they said then she so she would began reading various books on healing. She began taking physical exercise and she got up and started doing something. She was like, I'm just not going to image it. I'm going to get up and do it. Tried a new diet and resumed taking the vitamins previously prescribed by her physician. So as she shifted her mentality, she also took action. She was active in her own rescue. All right. And they started talking about she began a more balanced life of work, play, and rest. She began to work daily in a flower garden to take sun baths and to enjoy fresh air. In other words, she flipped the script. In all these ways, she was mentally and deliberately conceiving the picture of health. Next, she made a will of fortune, which pictured her act, uh, active, healthy life. Will of fortune is a term that Catherine Ponder used for what we now call treasure maps, vision boards. Where the will of fortune is, you put a spiritual symbol in the middle. And then you put the aspects of your life and your affirmations, your pictures around it. So she literally created what we would call a version of a vision board, just about a happy and healthy and vibrant life. All right. Next thing she did was she began to praise her body. She also made it a point to praise other people rather than dwelling on their faults. She began associating with people and relatives who were healthy, who spoke in terms of health. Changed everything, flipped the script. She deliberately terminated membership in one organization whose members spent most of their meetings speaking, uh, meeting periods discussing their aches and pains. In other words, let me get away from all these people talking about sickness and breaking down and being old. Next thing, she made it a point to plan ahead for special events she liked and she could look forward to plays, movies, concerts, art exhibits, dinner parties, church events. In other words, she was picturing herself enjoying doing the things that she wanted to do. Next thing, she constantly blessed her body with health and life with divine activity. She spoke the word of truth to her own body. All right? It says she daily gave thanks that she was whole and well 
through and through. Yet again, she's giving thanks for her div uh, divine health. It says as she worked to deliberately, she as she worked to deliberately set up the mental picture of health, life, and activity to replace the former beliefs of fatigue, ill health, old age, and in inactivity. Her mental pictures began to take control of her thoughts, emotions, body, and life. She became pregnant with the image of health. So I call this process what she did, immersion. Go all in. If you want to make a demonstration, you can't dip your toe in the water. You got to dive into the pool completely, head to toe, top of your head to the bottom of your feet. Immersion if you want radical change. You cannot get radical change without consistent, focused, explosive action. Consistent, focused, explosive action that will accompany your mindset change. What are you going to do differently? Just sitting down saying I'm going to meditate about something is doing something. It might be be still. And breathe, or you know, go take a Tai Chi class, or you know, we offer that at the church now. I brought a Tai Chi instructor in because we were talking about meditation and whatever. And I wanted people to move their bodies, so I asked one of my martial art buddies to, you know, to teach Tai Chi at the church. Why? Because they get the breathing, they get the focus, they get the meditation, but they're also moving their body in a way that promotes health. Back to the book. Page 174. Intensity is the secret. I call it, you know, immersion. She wrote, imagination is the power to gather thoughts together in, in new, different arrangements and to hold so firmly, firmly to those new mental pictures that they actually manifest in the body. It's holding it. All right. She wrote. Casually picturing good health is not enough. You must persist in holding to that power. It's not an in and out thing, every once in a while thing. You have you can't be casual with breakthroughs. Breakthroughs don't come through with casual energy. If you haven't listened to it yet, go on YouTube and find my sermon, Jumping Over Hurdles. Just put my name in and then write Jumping Over Hurdles. And I explain the process of why it's necessary to up your energy game if you want to get these breakthroughs. So she wrote it this way. It is the persistent soul that is most successful in proving the imaging law of healing. Then she went on to say, when definite ideas are deliberately pictured by the imaging faculty, they are then able to take shape and expand into precise results in the mind, body, and affairs of man. You are constantly experiencing results that correspond to the intensity of your imagination. Can you get intense about your own health, your own breakthroughs, your own money, your own relationships, your own success? You have to get intense. Go back and listen to that jumping over hurdles lesson. I laid it all out. She then wrote, and if you heard it before, go back and listen to it again. So Honda wrote, many people give up too easily, too easily. If they invoke the imaging law of healing at all, they often do it so casually and haphazardly. It is not enough to picture healing. You must concentrate. That's the key. 
Concentration is the key to this teaching of new thought metaphysics. You must concentrate upon that picture to the exclusion of all else. To concentrate means to become one-pointed or to rest the mind on an idea. There's no strand connected with it. You simply call your mind back again and again to the picture of health you desire. In this way, you constantly feed the mental picture of health to the brain centers in the cells of your body. Since they have a clear, definite picture to work with, you are able to produce marvelous results for you. Whereas lukewarm, half-hearted mental pictures have no intensity and their power for manifestation is limited. So with that, what I, I'm going to end here. But we're going to come back next week or uh, very soon, and you're going to get something new and fresh with Truth Transform. God bless you, and I'll talk to you. I'll see you or be with you, and I'll see you soon. Take care. Moran. Since we launched the Main Street Vegan podcast back in 2012, lots more people have discovered the way that moving in a vegan direction can infuse our lives with vitality, spirituality, and compassion. My guests are experts on every aspect of making this work in your real life and our real world. Join us for Main Street Vegan here on mindbodyspirit.fm.